If you want to go beyond the rink and into the dressing room, there's only one place to be, the Hockeyverse, with your hosts, Michael Trakos and Johnny Legend. It's about freaking time. Yeah, it's taken six long years, but Toronto's core four, you know, the guys who are making a combined $40 million are finally earning their money. And they're doing it when it truly matters. Not in the regular season, but in the playoffs. And in a game that we are going to be looking back on and talking about for a while. Down 4-1 in the third period of what was looking like yet another blowout. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, and John Tavares put their team on their shoulders and led in a way that we haven't seen before. This was a comeback for the ages. This was what we've been waiting for. Matthews, who a game earlier had been dummied in a fight with Steven Stamkos, led the charge with a couple of goals in under three minutes. Marner had a pair of assists and Nylander drew the penalty and assisted on the overtime goal. So instead of Tampa Bay tying the series up 2-2, we're now looking at the Leafs with a 3-1 stranglehold heading into Game 5. The playoffs are a time when your best players have to be the best. And we're seeing that now. Not just from the core four who have combined for, get this, 10 goals and 28 points in four games. But also from Morgan Riley and Ryan O'Reilly, who have chipped in with four goals and 13 points combined. This is what the Leafs need. It's also what they didn't always get in previous years. That's been the difference so far against the Lightning. And it's why the Leafs have a chance, well, three chances really, to advance the second round with a win in Game 5 on Thursday. With that and more on today's episode of The Hockeyverse. You just found the world's latest and greatest hockey, sports, and entertainment podcast. This is The Hockeyverse. On today's episode, we recap Game 4 between the Leafs and the Lightning and look ahead to what could be a series-clinching Game 5 in Toronto. By the way, check out our show notes for timestamps if you want to fast forward to your favorite part. Also, if you want to be on a future episode like this one, email your questions to heyhockeyverse at gmail.com. Austin Matthews, I owe you an apology. Let's go. <laughs> you owe him a beer, don't you, Johnny? I owe him a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? And we're going to be talking with Matt Larkin of dailyfaceoff.com later in the episode. And I'm going to ask him about Austin Matthews and legacy-making games, legacy-making playoffs. You know, no Sid, no Ovi. This is a playoffs where, you know, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews can really put their stamp on things and show that they are the faces of the NHL. And last night, and I'm not, again, I don't want to date myself here, but in game four, Austin Matthews was the player who you're saying, okay, this guy could lead Toronto to a Stanley cup. This is what you're paying this guy. What is he almost $12 million for? Mm -hmm. what, did, what did you make of his performance? Because I imagine your emotions like everyone else during that game was probably like, let me burn my number 34 Jersey. Oh, wait a second. Let me stitch it back up now because <laughs> I love the guy again. Well, number one, I got yelled at for screaming when they tied the game. My wife heard me screaming from the basement all the way up to the second floor of the house. You're screaming. Why? Because they tied it up. <laughs> <laughs> now I owe Austin Matthews an apology because I was sending him to Arizona to play rec hockey after one of the plays he made. And, uh, it was a little premature. <laughs> oh, was it that bad for you? <laughs> It made me mad because it was, it was three, one. 
and there was a puck on the on the sideboards and he he went to grab it yeah and just before he went to grab it he stopped about two feet from it looked over both shoulders and then the tampa player came took the puck and they went and scored i had friends texting me last night like i'm turning the channel screw this it's over i'll i'll, I'll check back when it's uh game five and the series is two two like the fact that like i guess edmonton had done it a day early and uh so it's not like it's out of the realm of impossibilities, but the way that game was shaping up, I, I thought for sure we're looking at a seven, one win for Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they were talking about that at the intermission. They said, there's no way that there can be two, three goal comebacks in the same week in the NHL playoffs. It's awesome. The first wow. round again, like you get everything, you yeah. get the comebacks, you get the fights. We haven't seen a whole lot of, um, have we seen a whole lot of overtimes? I can't remember now. Oh, How we many got, big overtimes have been like really like uh, anything go past the first uh, overtime? Oh, wasn't there a double? O- there was one double overtime, wasn't there? Wasn't it Winnipeg? One of the series that I'm not watching, yeah. obviously. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because like aside from Edmonton and Toronto, those two series, I'm sort of paying attention to the other ones just because I'm in a hockey pool mm-hmm. and I want to see if my Rangers are getting uh, their points. I've got Kane. I've got basically like six Rangers. Mm hmm. No, no, I'm kind of kicking myself. For <laughs> Hopefully not taking you got Adam whole, Fox. Well, I do have Adam Fox, but know who I don't have? Morgan Riley or oh. a lot of Leafs. Marner? I, you know, the guy leading have, the playoff scoring? I have Marner <laughs> and Matthews. And, you know, I'm going to be honest here. I didn't have confidence that this team was getting out of the first round. Uh, I thought maybe they'd win and then be done in the second. But, yeah, now, now I'm looking at Toronto. I'm thinking... Boy, oh boy, Ryan O'Reilly has made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Like you look on the score sheet last night, he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is there, has there been a game where Ryan O'Reilly hasn't been a difference maker? Finally, no. like game one, I guess, maybe. Not one single game. And I have a feeling, if I had to venture a guess, that he was also a difference in the dressing room between periods. I want to know what he said. Mm. And if I'm going to guess who was probably standing up and like just taking control, Ryan O'Reilly, I'm putting my money on. Yeah. Was right. probably the guy. I think Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, is Muzzin traveling with the team? Is he in the dressing room? Because I heard that he was still in the dressing room. It's weird. When you're one of those injured guys, you always see it on the behind the scenes stuff, and they don't tend to mix with the healthy mm. guys. I know Steven Stamper. It's Stamco. like bad luck. Yeah. There's something about that. Yeah. I think it is like probably some sort of. You don't Supersti- want well, hockey's were very superstitious. The one ex- except, I guess, the uh, exception to that was when Tampa was in the bubble. Stephen Stamkos was around the team, constantly talking to guys, either pumping their tires or giving the pep talk that mm. maybe you think maybe Muzzin could have given. I-, I know he's respected. The guys love him there. Hall and him were like besties. Uh, Mitch Marner got along really well with Hall, or sorry, with Muzzin. So he he does have a lot of friends in that room, mm. obviously. So it wouldn't surprise me if, like, yeah, maybe a Muzzin was there even saying, Hey, it's not over, but yeah, it was just night and day from that second period to the third period. So did you notice like I did? So I noticed that that game game four kind of played out exactly like the series. What do you mean? First period was like game one. Yeah. Second period, a little rougher was like game two. Third period was all Leafs kind of like game three and then overtime. overtime. Yeah. It was the overtime was, it was at all Tampa in the overtime though, or. Or you just mean they won? Just going to overtime. Kind of, kind of mirrored the whole series. Yeah. What did you think of the penalty that uh, Nylander drew? I think I think it was the dumbest thing. Like it's the playoffs. 
I mean, I get it. I get it. You're trying to not the slew foot. He oh, gave. not the slew. Oh, the one that he drew. The one he draws. Oh yeah. That le- is that a legit call, like an overtime, or are you surprised that? So if it goes the other way, I'm sure you're not happy about it. You're well, probably saying ticky tacky. I'll go by the fact that I don't. I haven't read anything about Tampa Bay complaining about it. They don't complain a whole lot. No. And good on them. Mm-hmm. Hey, they go to three straight finals, and I'm not hearing a whole lot of sour grapes. Like, hey, we're tired and. Mm-hmm. blah 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 but yeah they look tired don't they yeah yeah well they're getting older they're beat up like the Leafs have beat them up I think the Leafs not winning sorry the Leafs winning game three when Tampa was just all over them that, that hurt them a lot it hurt Tampa a lot and then this one I I can't imagine Tampa having anything left now this is completely blown the wind out of their sails yeah. I just can't see it being anything but them just trying to make a mess in game five the only thing is if like Vasilevsky just just is going back to the Vasilevsky that we've seen and in, uh, in years past and just takes over. But I don't have any confidence. Yeah, that's their X factor. Vasilevsky is definitely their X factor because he can turn it on at any time. Is Samsonov, uh, is he turning into Toronto's X factor? It's looking like it, isn't it? Like he's making some big saves. Here's the thing. He gives up four goals, but in the third period, shuts the door. Overtime shuts the door. Yeah. That's like a, that's like the Oilers hockey when you had Grant Fuhrer and he gave up five goals, but he wouldn't give up the six. Yeah. And give that's up, all you want from a goalie. Give up just enough to recover from. And I was saying that, that shootout save, or sorry, the breakaway. Yeah. I guess it was a penalty shot save in the first period was huge. He made some big, big saves in the second as well. And I was thinking to myself, we're going to remember, we're either going to be talking about Samsonov or we're going to be talking about him for like the wrong reasons. And we're going to be thinking, oh, geez, that's two blowout losses now by him. But yeah, this guy, like he, he looks like a legit guy. Well, there was that one goal. And I noticed the one goal, the one that um, Kalorn scored, the rocket off the post and in the fourth the goal, one the fourth the, goal, the second one. Yeah, he was already down. Like he was already down and that puck just was, he had no, he didn't see it. He didn't see it till it hit the post. Mm. So I was just wondering, why is he? And then I noticed there was a couple other plays. He was already down. So At I Florence wonder. First, he was like way out of position. Yeah. Thinking Kucherov was going to shoot. Oh, but that was a beautiful fake shot pass. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that like, he was like way out of position on it though. I even put that on my Twitter. I'm like, is somebody going to cover Kalorn or. In terms of passing the puck. There's, there's no one better on the power play than Kucherov. Mm. Such a threat with his own wrister, and then uh, he can feed it over so well. And Riley, uh, Morgan Riley wearing the uh, Kucherov makeup. He looked the, like... The old Doug Gilmore eyes. He looked like a warrior yeah. when he stepped out there. That was just a cross-check to the face. Man, oh, man. All right, so let's talk about Alex Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts on Kerfoot were before the series started, but critics have not liked this guy. Um, obviously he goes to Toronto, uh, in the Nazem Kadri trade. Kadri since that trade has won a Stanley cup and has looked every bit like a legit number two center Kerfoot, I guess he's like a Swiss army knife. He can play on any line, had the worst season in a, in a leaf uniform, uh, by his standards, but no one's talking about that now that that's all ancient mm-hmm. history. All that, all that everyone cares about is, you know, game four. He gets the overtime goal. And I, I know you've been talking about it is when you got up, you're in the playoffs and you have success, you need those kind of unsung heroes. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at any team that's gone deep, 
it's never one guy that carries the team. There's yeah. a different hero every night. And we're finally seeing that from the Leafs. Yeah. You, you can't just rely on your star guys. Yeah. That being said, Toronto star guys have been great, but yeah, throughout a playoffs, like you're going to need your Kerfoots. I thought another strong game by Matthew Nyes last night. He looked really good. Um, the fourth line, I'm not that sold on right that now. Chari scored. Yeah, but that's the third line. Well, I guess. Yeah. yeah. The, the fourth line with uh, Camp, Zach Aston Reese, and Matt Lafferty. Like we're gonna, we're going to talk about this with uh, Larkin later. I think that's the opportunity to throw bunting in. Like right now, I would, I wouldn't mess with things. But if Toronto loses Game Five, I could see Lafferty coming out or Zach Aston Reese coming out and bunting going in. But the Wayne train. No, the Wayne train's not coming in. <laughs> the Wayne trains. You don't need them. <laughs> I, I was. I thought we needed them. Mm. I've I've since changed my mind. Like. You know, fine. You don't want to see Matthews getting punched in the head by Stamkos, but is Simmons going to fight Stamkos? Probably not. But I'm not talking about fighting. What do you think? I, I think um, I think Simmons is a better all around player than Lafferty. Lafferty's faster. Mm. I hear you. There's more offensive upside with Wayne Simmons. The danger is though, he's what? Is he in his late 30s, mid 30s? Got a lot of miles on his body. I, I just don't know if it's going to happen. Mm. Now. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I mean, I, 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 I'd rather, see, I'd rather see Simmons before bunting. I think he, you know, you want to take that risk. So that's the, that's the question I keep having to myself. Like, is he a guy that you're worried about putting in and he's just going to do something stupid and change the, the tempo of the series and the momentum? Is that a fear? Is that a real fear? Mm. So I don't know if it is. I, I, I get it. He draws penalties. He gets mixed up with guys and it can go either way. And in a tight series, you don't want to put Tampa on the power play because they're so deadly. And Toronto's PK is just, has been God awful this whole series. And, you know, if you're not going to have him on your top six, you know, he's not really, he hasn't been playing a bottom six, uh, fourth line role. So it's kind of like a uh, square peg round hole kind of situation. I don't know. I, I think Keith doesn't touch a thing. Yeah. I think that's back to hockey's too superstitious. I think you gotta, you gotta roll with what's working, right? Unless somebody's hurt. I don't think you see either one of those guys bunting or Simmons. Yeah. It doesn't look like the Leafs have any, um, any interest in taking Matthew Nyes out. No. And, and rightly so. I mean, he played on the top line a bunch last night too. Yeah. And looked good. And he was the guy, he was the guy that held the fort while they had that nine minute uh, superstars in the box. Who's that? In game three, Matthew uh, Nice. Game three. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, they didn't score, but they held Tampa off the, off the score sheet. Yeah. It's, uh, I, you know what? I hate to say, like, I, I'm afraid to say that the, the series is over and it's just now, you know, the Leafs are going to win in five or six. Cause I've been down this path before when, when they're playing Montreal, I was like, series is done. Like Montreal has no business being in this thing. And we all know what happened. Mm -hmm. And even last year going into game six, I was like, you know what? This is Toronto's opportunity. They're going to win. They just look like a, they look like they've learned their lessons. And how many times can we say they've learned their lessons and we're back here Charlie Brown, mm -hmm. Lucy holding the football. It just doesn't happen kind of thing. 
Well, I think they learned their lessons. And somebody you know really well called the Leafs in five before the playoffs even started. I don't know who that was, yeah, but I think yeah, he ate yeah. a whole bunch of crap for saying yeah, it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> well, we'll see if you're right. But I don't know what that was. Mm-hmm. That, that was the hockey god saying, <laughs> was the hockey listen, god saying listen, smarten my up, friend. Smarten up. <laughs> don't predict the Leaf yeah. win just yet. I'm gassing up the parade. So what, what do you think the reaction is going to be if the Leafs win game five? In Toronto. Um, I think the lid is going to blow off the city. Cars turned over. Fires. I don't uh, I don't know if Toronto is the kind of flip cars over like Vancouver, but I think it's going to be a party. Well, the last time Toronto has been in this situation where they win a series is back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that. That is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of pent up energy and just excitement ready to like go off. That's a whole generation. And not just that. Don't forget, people were just locked in their house for two years. Yeah. Right. If they got something to party about, it's it's on. Listen, we're, we're in like basically walking distance from Young Street Newmarket here. Okay. Mm-hmm. The parade route might stretch all the way by, <laughs> past my house here, Johnny. Yeah, it might start up in Barrie. it might just keep going and going and going like that's the thing like people are gonna laugh about toronto and just like hey guys act like you've been there before oh wait you haven't been there before because like you said it's been a generation of fans who haven't seen it and don't forget the last time the Leafs even got a sniff of the stanley cup final was that gretzky game and we had a parade yeah No, I think I think all bets are off if Toronto gets the second round. Is it too early to talk about a second round opponent? I don't think we should because I haven't had luck with that in the past. But um, like Boston right now, Boston's going to be a tough go. They're going to be a tough go. Bergeron's still not looking a hundred percent. Pasternak hasn't even has he is he playing in the playoffs? Because I have him in the pool and he's not getting me any points either. So. The one good thing, the, like the one positive, I guess, is that Boston is beat the hell up. They really are. Florida is putting the, they're beating oh. the brakes off them, man. Matthew Kachuk is something else. Between Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett, they're just destroying them. And, and Brandon Montour, there's a lot of just, I don't want to say dirty, but like dirty players there's on dirty. Florida. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew Kachuk's putting his stick in everybody's ribs. So there you go. If, if Toronto is facing Boston... You play them the way that Florida's been playing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You stick Wayne Simmons in there, you get in their grill, and you just keep putting the hurt on? Yeah. Or do you try to skill them? I don't know if you can skill them. I mean, unless they're hurting that bad, and it looks like they are. They are. Plus, they had the flu. They all had the flu at the beginning of the series, right? So they can. Yeah. It used to know. be like Boston, you, you don't want to get into their game plan because they had Marchand. They had, well, in years past, they had like Chara. Yeah, like a big Lucic, tough heavies, yeah. Lucic, and you're like, if you play that dirty game with them, you're gonna go down. Boston isn't a tough team anymore. No, and I might kind of get in hot water with Bruins fans calling them soft or something like that, but this isn't the big bad Bruins anymore. Yeah, they're not soft, but they're not the big bad Bruins. They are not, and you know, Florida is pushing them around. Fine, they're losing the series, but they're you know they're taking limbs off them. And I would argue that Tampa is a much bigger, tougher team than Boston is. Yeah. Boston's got a tendency to, to get outshot by quite a bit and still win four, one. Yeah. I, I actually think it like, this is going to be 
Toronto gets past this one, we might be talking about, hey, that first round was probably their toughest opponent. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We talked about that before, right? That's like, uh, that's their dragon. They're yeah. Right now, they're they're pretty close to slaying their dragon. It happened to Washington. They Once they got past Pittsburgh that year, and they had never, like, I think in the Ovechkin era, they hadn't beat Crosby in the pens. Once they did that, it was just kind of like, we're talking to, I think it was Matt Niskin, and he was like, you could just feel the pressure just come mm-hmm. off. And it was just like, okay, we've already accomplished what we had never accomplished. Fine, it's not easy to win a cup now, but we can kind of just kind of play our game, mm-hmm. we feel good. And then they beat Tampa in the next round, and then they beat uh, Vegas in the final, and it was like their toughest opponent. Like you ask them, it and was getting past the Penguins. Vegas was an expansion team, right? Yeah, but geez, Vegas was so yeah, good. Yeah, they were here. good, but still. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what Toronto, what, what Toronto can do. You're still calling it in five. The way Vasilevsky's playing and Marty Barat had this to say about him, like the aura is gone with Andre Vasilevsky. Um, he's been bad in the first round, though, in years past, too. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of like finish off the Tampa Bay Lightning before Vasilevsky wakes up and realizes that he's a much better goaltender than we're seeing right now. Not that he's been bad in the series, but he hasn't been the guy that we're holding up into this high esteem as best in the world. Three goals against is his best game so far. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> Was it three, seven, five, four? That's, that's a lot of goals, especially in the playoffs. But what do the Leafs do against a goalie? That's not as good. What is it? Was it 18? No, it's 19 goals in four games. Yeah. Wow. It's almost five goals a game. That is insane. If I told you before the season started that, or the playoffs started that Vasilevsky would allow what average like four, almost five goals a game. You're thinking Toronto win for sure. Well, we kind of, we kind of talked a little bit about it because before the playoffs started, we did talk about is Vasilevsky, the same old Vasilevsky. Yeah. I thought playoff Vasilevsky was different than regular season Vasilevsky. And you know, something again, we keep going back to this. You go to the final three straight years. It, it takes a toll on you. Well, maybe playing them the last couple of years in a row is part of the reason they, they got them figured out. They right? had uh, the Red Wings coach, uh, Derek Lalonde on the panel yesterday on uh, Sportsnet, And he's obviously the, uh, the former assistant for the lightning. And he said that Vasilevsky is terrible at finding pucks just like around the crease area below him. Mm. And they had a whole structure set up in that. Are you noticing I, I've been noticing ever since he said that, I was noticing Toronto's really going hard, crashing the net, looking for those you know, ugly garbage goals that you'd call. And it, it's great to see because you, I, I personally hate when star players are just on perimeter mm-hmm. and just firing pucks from like 40, 50 feet. Out. Well, nice took his head off again last night. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're going hard to the net. Yeah. Like this is, if, if you are a hockey fan, this is what you want to see out of your team. You want to see them go hard to the net. You want to see them finishing checks. You want to see them play right to the final buzzer. And the Leafs are doing that in spades right now. Mm-hmm. They're playing good. They're playing well. They just got to, they got to play three periods though. Yeah. They, they still haven't played their best hockey. No. Right. And that's got to be scary for the other teams yeah. waiting for them, right? Yeah. Like they, they came up big when they needed to in the third period, but where was that effort in the first? Where was it like in the first period, they looked tentative and scared almost. Second period, like you said, it was just kind of a, a, a 
like kind of a crash and bang kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to the fourth, uh, the third period where Matthews really kind of said, okay, uh, I'm a 60 goal scorer here. Let's kind of show it. And, you know, Marner did the same and, you know, Tavares didn't have a huge game last night, but solid though. He played a Tavares game. Yeah. And he's been really good. These playoffs, like game two, he was huge. Um, and Ryan O'Reilly, we could talk until we're blue in the face mm-hmm. like this guy. Can you imagine his team without Ryan O'Reilly right and now? And unrattled. You see Maroon trying to rattle him the other game and, and last night. I can't shake him. Having a third line where you've got O'Reilly, Achari, and Nyes, huge, huge for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're, we're going we're gonna to open up the, the phone lines or we're going to go right to the phone and uh, give our buddy Matt Larkin of Daily Face Off a call. Uh, Matt's been covering the series for Daily Face Off. He's the uh, senior writer and editor of that website. And I'd uh, love to hear his opinion on Matthew uh, or Austin Matthews and Matthew Nyes and what we can expect for game five. So let's go right to it. And we are live here with Matt Larkin of dailyfaceoff.com. How are you doing there, Matt? I'm great, Mike. It's good to hear your voice. I'm excited to see you back at the rink soon. Always a pleasure, my friend. Well, I'm excited to see these Leafs back in the rink in Toronto. I'm going to be down there for game five. And I thought we were going to be all tied up 2-2. I don't know what was going through your mind after that first and second period were. But let's face it, that was looking like it was going to be a blowout win by Tampa, up 4-1. How surprised were you that we're now talking about Toronto you know, coming out of this now with a potential chance to win the series in game five. I was extremely surprised. And that's even factoring in that the Leafs made one improbable comeback in game three, scoring with a minute left, forcing overtime, winning that game in overtime. I just thought the Tampa Bay Lightning are so battle tested. They're so wily. There's no way they're going to give away two games in a row like they did in game four. And with the Leafs themselves, what I was sort of thinking to myself after the score got to 4-1 was, hey, this team, they just, they're incapable of doing anything simple. It has to be complicated. It has to be long and drawn out. And every series since Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews came to town has gone six or seven games. So I thought, here we go again. It's going to be another long, drawn-out series. It's still possible that's going to happen. But suddenly, the range of outcomes has changed and there's a real possibility of Toronto closing out this series of five games. They showed a gear that admittedly I did not know they had. I even tweeted during the game, when is it going to be Austin Matthews' turn to have his magical moment? That was yep. his 43rd playoff game last night. He had two multi-goal games in 42 tries going into last night and all of a sudden he puts the team on his back and everything changes. I'm glad you mentioned that because you know Johnny and I were talking before the playoffs started about you know Noah Vetchkin no Crosby. This is really a chance and an opportunity for Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews to, you know, put their mark on the playoffs and really kind of reach that echelon of Sid and Ovi. We hadn't seen it in the past from Austin Matthews, but yeah, you, you mentioned that, that like the playoffs are legacy making opportunities and Nate McKinnon last year took that opportunity and I think we're going to remember Nate McKinnon's playoffs for a long, long time. This was Austin Matthews finally doing what a lot of Toronto fans and a lot of NHL fans had been waiting for basically since we saw this guy as a junior. That's right. And it's funny. I think about a conversation that I had with Austin Matthews before, I think it was before the 2020, 21 season. And Mike, I think you were there. I think it was during the player media tour 
And Austin talked about the comparison to the Washington Capitals at the time. And he said, hey, Ovechkin was the guy who couldn't get it done. And then suddenly he wasn't. Eventually his time came. Maybe that'll be the case for us. That was a couple of years ago. So we've seen the Leafs flop a couple more times. But it stuck in my mind as, you know, the narrative can change. All it takes is that one magical run. And suddenly the superstar can change his legacy. You saw it as well with Nathan McKinnon last year, like you said. And of course, it's one game. We can't do the typical uh, Leafland overreaction, but it is the type of performance we've been waiting to see from Matthews. He has not been a bad player in the playoffs, especially this year. You can make a case he's been the most consistent forward, especially if you look at the underlying numbers. He's been solid. But with a player who wins a heart trophy and scores 60 goals, solid does not cut it. You have to elevate and take over a game. And those are the exact two words that Ryan O'Reilly used describing the performance last night. He took over. We finally saw it from Austin Matthews and it could totally change the course of this team. Yeah. He was, he's been consistent, but he's been consistently average. That's the problem. And he kind of took it to another level last night, the level that he should be at. And Johnny, you were on him last night. Yeah. You are telling me before we stepped on to record this that you were kind of upset that he wasn't going into the, like the dirty areas, didn't seem... I, I was wondering, like, the Stamkos fight, was that in his head mm. going into the game? And were you going to see kind of like a Sedin kind of, you know, when Marshawn was giving him the rabbit punches? So I, I was a little kind of also on the fence as to, is this guy going to be able to elevate under the situation? given the pressure and just given how physical the series has really become. what do you think about that? Matt? Yeah. I think, do you think like it, th- there was going to be some sort of carryover from that Stamkos fight. I thought there might've been, I was surprised that the relatively tentative start from the physical perspective, especially looking at what went on with Shen and Tanner Janon and the whole bench drawing at Shen in game three. But with Matthews, I actually think the signs were there of a change because if you look at the goal he scored in game three, he was taking punishment in front of the net. He was getting knocked down before he got back up and deflected that Cali Yarncock shot. So I kind of marked that one down and said, okay, that's the kind of goal that I'm not used to seeing off the net score. It was sort of taking punishment, right? And it was a grinder type of goal. And I thought that was actually a good omen. Uh, and I do think Matthews has actually been reasonably physical in this series. If you look at the stats for hits, I haven't looked at them right uh, in the last couple of days, but I know early in the series, he was actually fairly high on the leaderboard for hits delivered. So he's using his big body. He's throwing it around. We, of course, know he has a willingness to block shots. He let all NHL forwards in, in shots blocked this year. So to me, in terms of getting his nose dirty and engaging, I actually think that element has mostly been there for him in this series. It was more a matter of just, hey, all the numbers are there. You're doing the right things, but no more excuses. You just have to go out and find a way to actually put the puck in the net. Yeah, That's gotta, what's been missing, as we saw. He's got to do it for 60 minutes. Well, he, exactly. he, he, he can just do it for 20 minutes or yeah. what was it well, like? Was it six minutes really? Yeah. That he kind of <laughs> showed up and just took out like that's Toronto's sort of MO is like you're down four one. It's a third period. We're all thinking, okay, blowout. It's going to be tied two two going back to Toronto. And then this team can score in bunches. Like we saw it from Matthews, Morgan Riley has been on fire. Mitch Marner. What has he got? Like 10 points. Now you kind of go up and down the lineup and it's really, uh, th- this team is deadly and on paper, they're a legit Stanley cup contender. Um, it's just a matter of, can it all come together? And I don't know, I, there's still one win away. And I still think a lot of leaf fans are kind of like apprehensive about saying, okay, the series is done because we've been here, done that. You don't think this is any chance that, uh, Tampa comes back and makes this interesting. Do you, or are, are you, are you kind of thinking game five, it's over, or at least game six, it's over. I think the Leafs have taught us that we can never accept it as over if we think of it from an irrational perspective. 
So we know that they had a 3-1 series lead against Montreal two years ago. They blew that. They lost two games in a row in overtime. We know that since their last playoff series win, they're 0-10 when they have an opportunity to eliminate their opponent. They've missed 10 times in a row. So we know there is a mental block there. The good news is, if you're a Leaf fan, is you've put yourself in the best possible position. Even if you do have a little bit of nerves and you choke away one or two games, you get three swings now at the Tampa Bay Lightning. To me, what's most important is you got to find a way to not get to Game 7 because Game 7 is where everything changes for Andre Vasilevsky, even though he's had a bad series. It's where all the demons creep back in, and I think the anxiety goes back up for the Leafs. I think if they go to a Game 7, I would be nervous to bet on them. But... I think they have a realistic chance to close it out in the next two games, especially because you look at the Lightning, no team has played more hockey in the last three years. They've gone all the way to the final, right at the end of the calendar, three seasons in a row. And I do think, especially in game four, their fatigue really set in. You saw it in the overtime in game three as well. They had a lot of jump early, and they slowly, their gas tank, I thought, really started to just dry up and choke. And I think that's a sign of a team that's just, getting a little old and getting really tired after all that hockey. Yeah. I'm noticing uh, two things that they have this year that they haven't had in previous years. And that's one teams that go deep in the playoffs. They have like a different hero every time they win. Yeah. yeah. They don't have one guy pulling all the weight. Right. Number two is they stay relatively healthy, which so far knock on wood, the Leafs have been, and they're pretty deep. Yeah, we got the hero last night in Alex Kerfoot and then the health factor. You've got Michael Bunting, who might not get into game five. What's your theory on that? Uh, well, we heard uh, Sheldon Keefe just say Matthew Nyes is certainly not coming out of the lineup. He's done a terrific job for us. He's a guy that has definitely earned his spot and his opportunity to continue to play. And he did not commit to Michael Bunting returning for game five. What, what's your feeling on this? Uh, is there a chance that Fine, Matthew Nyes is staying in, but does Bunting take someone else out? Maybe a Lafferty, uh, maybe a Zach Aston Reese, or I don't know, a, a Callie Yarncrook. Is, is there a potential that we're going to see Bunting in five, or would you even mess with the lineup? I would not mess with it. It's still, obviously, there's a chance you're going to see him come in. I think if anyone comes out, I'm, I'm going to guess that it's Lafferty or, or Aston Reese. And of course, Michael Bunting, 23 goals two seasons in a row. So he's a meaningful contributor. But right now, I think he's a risky person to have in the lineup. He's shown uh, that he struggles to stay on the right side of the line. And this team has a three-game winning streak. That's something that it has only done twice in the playoffs in the last 21 years. I don't know if you want to mess with the chemistry as is right now because Bunting has just shown a tendency to just kind of implode at the wrong time. And that can turn the tide of a series. I can see a scenario where even let's say, let's say you decide, okay, we're going to take out Aston Reese. We're going to, we're going to ease Bunting back in the lineup on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Well, what if Bunting's on the fourth line? He finds himself pressing. He gets mixed up, with, mixed up with Patrick Maroon or Tanner Janot. He does something stupid, slashes one of them, cross checks. suddenly a major penalty and it changes the tide of a game. And the Leafs, they're not hurting for offense right now. They're peppering plenty of goals past Andre Vasilevsky. So what is Bunting bringing to the lineup right now? I don't think he's bringing anything at the moment other than risk. And to me, I think it would be a dangerous decision to put him in. I think you put him in if you lose game five, maybe you give it a try. I think you're going to see the Wayne train before you see Bunting. Oh, God. I, I'm off that train. Now. Are you off the, are you off the <laughs> Wayne train? I was on it for like a game. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing about Michael Bunting. He's a UFA after this year. So it's not like you're, you're, you're sitting a guy who is part of your core, part of your future. 
um, who, who you've invested in, they're going to lose him in the off season. Not because Michael Bunting was Nazem Kadri 2.0, but frankly, they just can't afford him. He was Zach Hyman 2.0. Yeah. So in my mind, you don't worry about hurting his feelings or anything like that. And I'm with uh, Matt here. I don't think you mess with the lineup. I think you roll it the same way. You try to put Tampa out in five. Uh, you don't want to go to a game six. You definitely don't want to go to a game seven. Oh my God. Can you imagine how tight this team would be if it goes to a game seven? Like uh, all, all bets are off. Uh, all you need is Vasilevsky to step up and uh, steal a game in that situation. So yeah, the, the, the Leafs, I think this is a pivotal game five for them. Yeah. Especially since uh, I ate a lot of crap for calling the Leafs in five. Yeah, you did. You think, what do you think, Matt? Do you think we go to a, you think we're going back to game six here before we uh, say goodbye to you here? Oh my goodness. It's so hard to know. You know, going into the series, I called the lightning at seven and my reasoning was, Hey, there's nothing rational about my pick here. Logic says the Leafs are the better team and the intangibles are what favor the lightning. But right now we're sort of seeing a turning of the tide with those intangibles. And we're seeing a Leafs team that has more mental toughness than we're used to seeing. And obviously the additions that Dubas made at the trade deadline were designed to bring in more heart and sort of move away from the spreadsheet mentality and bring in guys who just have that sort of je ne sais quoi. And it seems to be working. You look at what Ryan O'Reilly's done, Luke Shen, those guys have changed this team's personality. So I'm more confident than I expected to be in this team closing it out. I think they smell blood now. I think it, if it were up to them, they would love to play tonight. They'd love to play it immediately because yeah. they have that momentum. So if I have to make a prediction, I'm going to say the Leafs win it. But if it goes to seven, I will not be picking the Leafs. Well, I think a lot of people just want it to be over in uh, five just because, you know, you saw that crowd outside of uh, Scotiabank Place and it, it was rocking. And, then, you know, close it out on home ice. I think no one would be complaining about that. Hey, thanks, Matt. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. That's Matt Larkin from, he's the editor and senior writer for dailyfaceoff.com. You can find him on Twitter at mlarkinhockey. Uh, again, for Johnny Legend, I'm Michael Trikos, and this was The Hockeyverse. Thank you for listening to The Hockeyverse. If you enjoyed this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing The Hockeyverse to your friends and family. Also, be sure to check out thehockeyburst.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. It's specifically written for you, the diehard hockey fan. From insider news to opinion and analysis, our NHL-focused newsletter will entertain and equip you for the conversations of the day. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is The Hockeyburst. Hockeyburst.